Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. What a God, what a God. Thank you, Pastor, for that. Uh, if you would, you want to go ahead and turn with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 20. A little bit of lengthy reading, but we'll get through it. What a beautiful presence of God is in this place. I believe he's just getting started this morning. I believe that. God is all-powerful, and he is the I Am. Hallelujah. He is joy. He is peace. And he is understanding. Praise God. Thank you, Pastor. I'm so thankful to be here under his authority, and what a... I'm glad to see him back in service. I know he's not 100%, but it's uh, good to see him back. Sister Boyd told me last Friday, she'd let me know he was coming home, and I thought, my goodness, he don't have long to get a sermon ready for Sunday, Friday afternoon. I mean, but anyway, here we are. Thank you. John chapter 20, starting with verse 1. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early when it was yet dark unto the sepulcher and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher and we know not where this they have laid him. And Peter therefore went forth and that other disciple and came to the sepulcher and they ran, so they ran both together and the disciple did outrun Peter and came first to the sepulcher. He stooping down, John, and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying, yet went he not in. Then comes Simon Peter, following him, and went into the sepulcher, and seeth the linen clothes lying, and the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also the other disciple, John, which came first to the sepulcher, and he saw and believed. For as yet they knew not the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again unto their own home. But Mary, Mary stood without the sepulcher weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher and see if two angels in white sitting, the one at the head, the other at the feet where the body of Jesus lay. And they say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? And she saith unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing, and knew not that it was Jesus. And Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? And she supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me, please tell me, where thou hast, thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus saith unto her, Mary. And she turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. 
I want, to understand, I want us to understand that she stayed until she seen him. The other disciples left. They didn't wait around. They left. But she, Mary, stayed and waited on the Lord. And I want to draw my title from that idea. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Let's bow our heads. Lord, we thank you, God. Why don't we lift our hands? Lord, we ask you, God, to continue to move in this place. In this sanctuary, God, let your will be done, not our will, but thy will be done, God. Use me this morning, God. I'm praying, God, for divine intervention to move in this place, God, and the Holy Ghost to open our hearts, Lord, for revelation, hallelujah, for healing, spiritual, physical, God. We need you, God, and we're waiting on you, Lord. We pray in the name of Jesus. If you clap your hands, you can be seated. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. She was, she waited until her Lord called her by name. You know how your parents, when they, when you was little, they called you and you didn't hear them. You know, and you've been out playing. I remember Dad and I think Uncle Jerry even told little Jerry, "When I whistle, that means you come." I mean, we were all riding motorcycles, but. You know, how are we going to hear them? But they, that didn't matter to them when they called us. You better be there. And what, what didn't you hear me call you? And, well, no, I didn't. I was two miles away. I didn't hear you call. But that didn't matter to them. So we need to wait on the Lord until he, we hear from him. Psalm 23 and 1 and verse 2, 1 and 2 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He says, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Psalm 103 says, know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that had made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. pasture. Mary came early to the tomb that morning. It was early. It was before daylight. And she sees the stone rolled away. And she ran to get Peter and John. And as they investigated, she stands outside weeping. She's desperate because she can't find her Lord. She can't. So you ever been there where you just can't find him? You can't feel him? He's not speaking. You've prayed and just nothing's coming. Job said, Job was there. Job said, oh, that I knew where I might find him. Behold, I go forward, but he is not there, and backward, and I cannot perceive him. On the left hand, where he doeth his work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand, that I cannot see him. But here's, here's, what, here's what gives us comfort. When we don't know where he is, he knows where you are. He knows where I am. He said, but he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. My foot hath held his steps. His way have I kept and not declined. Leonard Ravenhill said, God doesn't answer prayers. God answers desperate prayers. And sometimes you have to get desperate. Somebody said once, it's time to start praying a prayer or stop saying a prayer and start praying a prayer. You've got to get desperate with him. We find many prayers of desperation in the, in the Bible. Hannah praying at Shiloh between the porch and the altar and Jacob praying until he had a transformation while wrestling with an angel all night. 
His hip was displaced and his name was changed forever. We have the friend that comes at midnight for three loaves of bread and the friends that, that tear the roof off the house of Jesus, uh, the house where Jesus was just to get to him. Mary, Mary came further. She come a little further than a Sabbath day's journey than the rest of them. And uh, she, was, she, was, she had a little more desperation in her spirit to find him. Peter and John have gone home, but Mary, she, she has nowhere to go. Jesus is actually literally all she has left. There's nothing left for her. And we find out in Luke 8, 2, it says, in certain women which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went out seven devils. So it's kind of obvious why she's still waiting on the Lord. She's not leaving there without him. She, she was being delivered. She's a faithful follower of Jesus. She, she sold out to this. She has a testimony that's, that's, that's pretty powerful. I mean, she was, she was possessed with seven devils. There's no telling what she suffered and what she went through in God. Hallelujah. He delivered her from that and she's not leaving until she sees him because she has, she has no life to go back to. Hebrew 11 and 1 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. A few weeks ago, maybe a little longer, Brother Rayleigh, talked to us about sheep and their resistance to uh, running water over still water. Perhaps the reason is because they're afraid of falling into the water for the current with their heavy fur and drowning. I don't know why the reason they're scared, but they're a little resistant of, of running water. Sheep are, are an animal of prey, and they, they are dependent upon survival skills to survive. Sheep have excellent peripheral vision. They can see all of their surroundings and they can recognize things that are around them, but they, they have terrible depth perception. One observation says that uh, they discovered that the sheep would be unable to see the predator like lurking in the tree above them because of this limited vision. Due to this deficiency, however, sheep have developed excellent hearing. The hearing is so good that they have learned to trust what they hear over what they see. Many researchers claim that what they hear becomes what they see. So when the sheep walk up to that tree, it may not, they may not see the predator in the tree, but it can sense him. And sheep live by what they hear and not what they see. That's why Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. Sheep need a shepherd. If you think you don't need a pastor, you're going to fail. You're going to get ate up by, the, by the, uh, the, the varmint, the predator in the tree. You need a shepherd. You need a pastor. He knows where the danger is before we do. Corinthians 5 and 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. Romans says, Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Mary, she now stands at the entry of an empty tomb where Jesus had lain. And a few days ago, she stood at the foot of the cross. There's not much else we know about Mary other than she was delivered by many devils. She's been redeemed by Jesus. Through him, she's found peace, unspeakable, joy, unspeakable, and full of glory. There's no peace like Jesus' peace. She's never experienced this kind of peace outside of Jesus. 
And now she's at his empty tomb weeping because really he's the only life she's known because the life before that is just not a life. She's determined to find him and it appears she's not leaving. This is her shepherd and she's not leaving here without him. There's only destruction and confusion and torment and she remembers when he first called her by name when she was bound by so many spirits and he called her name and she was delivered. Many of us today can remember being bound, so bound. We couldn't see nothing in front of us. I mean, our mind, I remember my mind being so confused, so torn. I couldn't really have a rational conversation. Even when the few moments that I was sober, I couldn't even, I couldn't comprehend really what I needed to do like, just the little things, how to pay bills good and, and how to get on track. I was so eat up with sin and I can, I can see her so tormented. She remembers that and she's not going back to the chains of darkness and despair and addiction, loneliness. Many of us know about broken homes, but Jesus called us by name and we responded. We got to remember it's absolutely important, crucial to respond Mary understood that she couldn't survive without him, that the, that the predator is lurking and she can't see him, but she, she can't go back to where she was before. When you've been brought into his marvelous light, <laughs> it's hard to imagine life without him. In fact, really there's no life outside of him. Peter, he said in John, the next chapter, he says, I go fishing. And he, and he takes six disciples with him. Now, Many may preach that, use this as a backslider example, backsliding example, but I don't see it that way. It says, I, I go a fishing. Maybe Peter wasn't backsliding. Maybe he was just going back to where he first knew Jesus because that's where he was when Jesus found him. He was fishing. Maybe he was just going back to where he first heard him call his name. I remember my dad's sick. He's not here today, but I remember he got the Holy Ghost and in February, after 33 years of being a backslider, and he got the Holy Ghost at General Conference in February, and then the next month was men's conference. And on the way down there, we went together, and on the way down there, we were, we were riding together, and he said, do you remember where I was sitting when, when God filled me with the Holy Ghost? I said, I do. He said, maybe, maybe we can sit in that same place. We're going, we're going to be there early enough. Maybe we can get in that same seat. And we got there and sure enough, it was empty and we sat there. It was just a, a comfort. There's no comfort like being where you first knew him where he first called you by name. When you've been in so much darkness, when you've been tormented by so many devils and he delivers you, you won't forget that Hell and earth will pass away, but you won't forget that moment, that deliverance. I'm telling you, there's something miraculous about that light that falls on you. Oh, hallelujah, praise God. I'm here to tell somebody this morning, can't nobody, can't nobody do you like Jesus. Can't nobody do you like the Lord. He is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He is the light of the world. My God, can't nobody, not a devil in hell, do you like Jesus. Not drugs, not your brother, not your sister, not your mama. Nobody can rock you like Jesus. 
Praise God. Can't nobody do it. Woo, praise him. He's a way maker. He's a chain breaker. He's a soul saver. He's a mind healer. He'll heal your mind, clothe you, and put you in your right mind. Don't worry about where you are. He's God. He spoke the world into existence. By his word, he just spoke it, and here we are. Praise God. There's none like him. He said in Isaiah, he said, I, even I am the Lord, and beside me, beside me there is no Savior. It's just me. It's just me. I did all this. Praise God. Rebecca overhears the conversation between Isaac and her son Esau. And she begins to hatch a plan to steal Esau's birthright. We know the story. So she makes some goat meat. And she, you can tell she's good at this. This ain't the first time she's pulled this scheme on her husband or anybody else. She's good at this. She makes some goat meat and is and able to make it taste like deer meat. She doesn't miss anything. She takes the skins of the goats and she puts the goat hair on Jacob's hands and his neck because Esau, we know he was a hairy, hairy guy. But she don't stop there. She also puts Esau's garments on him. So he would smell like Esau. He'd smell like the woods because Esau was a hunter. And Isaac, he tries to make sense of this and, and what's going on and he begins to feel uneasy about this and something just doesn't seem right about it. I mean, Esau, he just, he just left. I just asked him to go and he done went and killed a deer and prepared it in record time with a stone and a blow dart. I mean... Come on, most of us hunt with a gun, don't we? You can't, you can't do that. You might not even get a deer, but he went out there and did it in record time. So Isaac, he's, he's concerned about this. He's, he's questioning this. And so he begins to investigate a little closer and he calls for Jacob to come closer so he can, he can feel his hands in his neck because not only does he, he, he's suspicious about it, his voice is different because Jacob's a little on the tender side. He's the one that made the coat of many colors for his son, you know. He's, he's Jacob. Esau's the manly man. Jacob's his mama's boy. You know, that's mama's boy. So his voice is a little different, you know. He don't sound like Esau. He come a little closer. I got to investigate this. And, 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 and instead of trusting what he heard, he, and he can't trust his sight because his sight was failing him. He should have stuck with the hearing because now he's working off his emotions. This is why we have a hard time going through trials because we begin to operate off our emotions instead of standing still and trusting God. We think we can fix it. Most men are that way. We just think we got this. This is little. I can handle this. I, I, I can do this. But, 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 but that, that's not what happened. Mary, Mary didn't recognize Jesus when he first approached her. Remember, she thought he was the gardener. She couldn't trust her eyes. But when he called her name, she recognized his voice. There's a place by him, Brother Junior. 
he told Moses, you know, I want to say, I want to get closer to you, God. I want a closer walk with you. And he said, well, there's a place by me. If you get to that place, if you get to that place, I can talk with you. I can commune with you. We can get a relationship going. But you got to get to that place. You got to get rid of all the infirmities. You got to get rid of all the ugliness. And you got to get to that place. That's what he was telling him. So we can hear his voice. We can't hear his voice through all the other noise that's, that's in our ear. That's why it's crucial to get in that prayer room every day and get into that word because there's other voices that's trying to speak to us. And we got to get to that place by him. Not my will, he prayed in the, in, the, in the garden. Jesus prayed, not my will, but thy will be done the night before his crucifixion. He prayed so hard that blood came out. He asked his disciples to pray with him and, and, and to go with him because wait here, wait here, Terry here. and I'm gonna go a little further. You can't come with me. I just want you to go to the doctor with me. I, I know, you, I know you, you're not a doctor, but just go with me. There's a story uh, I heard told a little bit ago and, and the little boy's in his room, Brother Williams, and he's he, in the storms raging outside and the thunder, he hears that loud thunder and he runs and jumps in the bed with his dad and his dad reminds him, he said, Dad, that scared me. I heard the noise outside and it scared me. He said, he said don't, don't you remember I told you Jesus is in there with you, he's watching. He said, yeah, but Dad, I, right now I just need some skin on <laughs> That's us. Sometimes we just need some skin on. Sometimes we just need somebody there. There's, there's really nothing they can do. When you lose a loved one, there's nothing to say. Don't try to come up with something special to say that's gonna make it go away. In fact, it's gonna make it worse. Just don't say anything, just your presence. But he told them, just wait here. Pray with me, pray with me. And he comes back and he catches them sleeping. He says, Are you sleeping? You sleep and watch, pray. Until you're gonna, you're, you're, oh, it's gonna get bad for you too. It's, it's getting bad for me tomorrow, but it's really gonna get bad for you as well. You need to pray, pray, but they didn't catch it then. And we just need to make sure that we're in step with him, that we're in tune with him, that we're hearing him. Praise God. It just don't look like it sometimes when he does something. It, it just don't look like God's in this thing. It, this can't be God. He can't get the glory out of me being in jail and going to prison. He can't get glory out of taking my loved one. Where's the glory in that? We just can't see his ways because his ways are not our ways. I'm telling you, if God did it, it's right. It's just as it should be. It may not feel right, Oh, it's going to be painful. It's going to hurt. But I'm telling you, it's for His glory. Praise God. It's for His doing. Hallelujah. We've all, we've all been there and we, we, we don't, sometimes we don't know what to do. So I'll tell you what to do this morning. What the Bible says do, when you've done all to do to stand, stand. Just stand. Stay in the ship. Paul said, hey, not a life will be lost, not a hair will fall if you stay in the ship. The ship's gonna be destroyed anyway, but if you wait, if you wait, you can survive on the wood of the broken ship. Whatever you do, don't leave the church. I don't care what you're going through. Stay, wait on the Lord. Wait on him. 
Our faith in God needs to be like our faith in a light switch. Just flip the switch. Just turn it on. Praise God. Tear the roof off the house if you have to to get to him. But get to him. Whatever you need to do, get to Jesus. Get to Jesus. We can't allow our failures to stop our story. Our last chapter, let me tell you something. Our last chapter hadn't been written. Remember that. Your last chapter hasn't been written. This is not the end of your story. The fight's not over. You still got one more round. There's still another quarter. So get up, get up, get out of that grave, get out of that brokenness, get out of that stuff, and get to Jesus. Praise God. It's not over. This is not the end of it. Hallelujah. Praise God. John Mark, the writer of the Gospel of Mark. Now, he didn't start out a writer. In fact, he was a failure. In Acts 13, the Holy Ghost prompted the church at Antioch to send Paul and Barnabas to go on a mission trip. John Mark, who was a young man then, probably late in his late teens, he was invited to go with them. And shortly after the trip, Mark, and he skipped town on them. He took off. He kicked rocks. I don't, we don't know what happened to him, but he left them. Uh, we don't know why. Maybe missionary wasn't him. I don't know. Maybe he was tender like Jacob. I don't know. Maybe he, he just couldn't handle it. The, the reason doesn't really matter. The fact is he simply quit. Many believe that Mark was a young man. I believe this too, that, that who followed after Jesus was arrested. The young man that jerked free from the linen cloth wrap that was wrapped around him and, and fled running naked through downtown Jerusalem. And, and Mark 14, y'all know the story. I believe that was Mark too because there's nobody else there but that boy to read the story. So who else would have known but Mark? I believe it was him. Neither, it's neither here nor there. But his story doesn't end with him quitting Paul and Uncle Barnabas. In fact, as it turns out, John Mark was a prayer warrior. A few years after the start of the church, it came under great persecution. We know about Saul of Tarsus. And Stephen was stoned. James, the brother of John, was beheaded. Now, now Herod arrests Peter. He's going to do the same to him. But Peter's arrest, you don't mess with the children of God. You better stay away from them. You don't want to mess with them. You don't want to tie up them because it's not them you're tying up with. It's God you're tying up with. So he arrests Peter, which started an all-night prayer meeting with the church. In Acts 12 and 5, it says they prayed without ceasing. This prayer meeting took place at the home of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark. Who knew? John Mark lived in a home where prayer was the normal. It was the norm where prayer was made without ceasing. Mark may have been there when the angel set Peter free. <laughs> he may have been there, Brother Wayne, when he set him free and comes knocking on the door. Hallelujah. He may have even been there when Jesus was praying in the garden, standing off, off afar in the distance, you know, because you know how teenagers are. He may have been standing there listening and hearing how Jesus was praying so fervently, so hard that blood, drops of blood came out of his skin. I mean, 
He's, been, he's seen some things. He grew up in a, in, in a, in a prayer and praying home. I'm here to tell somebody this morning, don't quit. Don't go home. It's not the last chapter. The Bible doesn't say what happened to Mark, but, but Mark decides to go back. And guess what? God sends him right back, <laughs> right back to the place he quit, and he gets to start again. You see, God will use your failure, your place of failure, for his glory. He's gonna use it for his good. People that, people that fall and don't get up, they don't get to write the first gospel ever written in the New Testament. Paul or Mark, rather he gets up and every, everywhere Sunday, this Sunday in fact, the gospel, somebody's preaching out of the gospel of Mark today, not just here, we're preaching about him, talking about him this morning, but many millions of other places, somebody is preaching out of the gospel of Mark. Why? Because he didn't quit. He didn't give up. He went back, I said, I'm gonna do this again. But he didn't go back this time without listening and praying and getting a hold of God. Then he went back. He went back to that same town and God used him in a mighty way and he wants to use you. He wants to use me. He wants to use your testimony. You've gotta tell it. Brother Wayne talked about it Wednesday night. You've gotta tell your story because it can help somebody else. Sister, if I may say, Sister Boyd, I heard tell a while back about her illness and she was praying about it. And if I'm right, I heard this from a third person, I don't know, maybe, that you was praying and you, the answer came that God said, well, who else will I give it to? Sometimes God just gives you something that only you can handle. He couldn't give it to somebody else because they couldn't carry that, but you can. Oh, I know it's heavy. Oh, my God. Huh. Mm, it's heavy. You you just don't understand. You you don't know how this person's feeling unless you went through it. But they're gonna make it. They're gonna make it. They can't see it right now. It just don't make sense. But they're gonna listen, and God's gonna pull them through it. He's gonna make a way where there seems to be no way. Because why? He's a way maker. He's a chain breaker. He's gonna heal your mind. He's gonna heal everything that's wrong. He's gonna restore back what the enemy has taken. Praise God. In the time of David, there was a priest, you know, named Eli. And he was spineless. I mean, let's just get real. He, he, he might have been a great man one day time. I'm sure he was. But at the end, he really he let his sons just do whatever. And they just made a mockery of the priesthood. But God sent an unnamed prophet to tell him, he tells of Eli's demise. He tells him, he says, I'm gonna raise up a faithful priesthood. He's talking about the books, book of Acts church, really. He's talking about men and women that's filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm gonna raise up a priesthood, hallelujah, that's gonna be faithful to my word, that's gonna stand. When they've done all to do, they're gonna stand. They're gonna stand on that word. They want, he wants somebody that's wrapped up, tied up, tangled all up in Jesus. He wants them to be about his father, his business, and not their own. David said, blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sinneth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, 
His delight is what? In the law of the Lord. Not just God, but the law of the Lord. The love the things of God. We gotta love his holiness. We gotta love his standards. We gotta love his doctrine. Not just, not just a little bit of it, but all of it. We gotta eat the whole book. Be grounded. Be rooted. Get a hold of this thing. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Uh, I know you, the world, it looks good. It does. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun out there. I've been there. There's, I've been there. I, I've been through all that. Ain't nothing, nothing you can tell me. It's going to shock me. I've seen things I could never even talk about. Been done things I could never even confess, not even to my wife. There's a lot my wife don't know. A lot. Oh, I know what you young people are thinking. I know what you're thinking. I know what some of the rest of you may be thinking. I was maybe right there where Brother Wayne is on the second view from our memory. And, and uh, there was an evangelist here. I was maybe 12, 13. And he, I was praying. I remember him come by. He laid his hands on me. Man, I went to speaking in tongues. I don't, you know, that's just that memory. I don't think I've ever spoken tongues like that before. Not that I remember, maybe, but that's just a memory I'll never forget. And then life happened, you know. Life happened, and, and I ended up going in the world. And, and uh, musicians can come. I'm going to talk a little bit now. And so I went out in the world. You know, we left the church and a lot of things happened, Brother Wayne. And the teen years were, I won't lie, they were fun. There was a lot of fun. And then, 20s, it wasn't so fun anymore. Now I'm so far, I'm so far out there now. You just, there's just, there's just no way really you can come back from this and I knew I had a call on my life as a child, and I just kind of hid from that. I didn't tell nobody, not even my cousins. I didn't tell my parents that, that I felt that. I just hid. I kind of just kind of stepped back. I didn't. I, maybe I felt I didn't feel like I was worthy. I don't know. It, it matters who you let around your children, though. I'll, I'll tell you this. It matters who you let influence them. That's why we preached against Hollywood. Don't, don't bring Hollywood in your home tied up in your living room thinking you can put a chain on that devil and it's not going to get loose. That's just foolish thinking. Old timers preached against TV. This preacher preached against TV. Don't bring it in your home. Oh, I'll put a leash on. No, you're not. You, you can't contain spirits. You just can't do it. He can, but if you're going to let it in your home. I can tell you, I can really get deep with this. Blow your mind about what that TV will do. There's a couple of witnesses in here that stand up but I'm, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to move on from that. My mind got perverted when I was a teenager and I just, you know, I wanted the things of the world. And I know what these teenagers are thinking. I'm coming back, man. I'm just going to go out there a little while and party. I just want to know what it's like to drink, party. I mean, it looks fun. I see them on TV. It looks fun. Let me tell you something. The world's conditioning your mind. It's not fun. 
It's not fun because the day is coming. The Mars is coming. Consequences are coming. I go partying right on and, and I know I'm sustained. I'm standing here by the prayers of a praying mama. And then 2011 I was married and, and, and then she got back in church and she, she jumped on the bandwagon praying for me. And she's seen a different Larry that kind of clung a lot further. I was still drinking every day, drugs, but not like I used to be. Not that Larry. She's seen a different Larry. She don't know the other Larry. I mean, you, you think sin, sin, you party, but no, there's this and there's that. I mean, there's some, there's some levels, believe me. And that's what I'm trying to tell you this morning. Stay away from the world. Stay away from that. Don't play with that. It, when it gets a hold of you, only God can break it, and he can't break it unless you respond. Unless there's an intercessor that's listening to the voice of God and that's willing to get up in the two o'clock in the morning and pray. I'm gonna tell you a story, then we can stand, but let me tell you this story. I was maybe, not yet, well, you can stand if you want. I was maybe 28, 30, maybe 30. And this wasn't a couple of years after that. I, I moved back in this area and kind of settled down a lot. But I remember one night, I didn't understand it then. I remember, I was high. I was, I was so high and, and, and I, I got too much and I was, and I could feel my heart ready to explode and it was about to bust out of my chest but I couldn't even talk and, 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 and I heard something and I, for years I couldn't understand this. This was a, a vision and I just couldn't understand it then and it was only a couple years ago that God revealed to me what it was and, and I went to the door. I had a door with a side glass door on it or glass screen door rather and then there was a sliding glass door in the kitchen right there and it's like somebody knocked on the door and I went and I opened the door <laughs> when I opened the door Sister Debbie Rogers was standing there and I haven't seen her in years she wasn't really standing there but she was standing there and I remember thinking what are you doing here what's going on and by that time I was like I heard something else and I turned and looked and there was a woman standing at my sliding glass door and I didn't recognize her. I'd never seen her before. I haven't seen her since. And I didn't understand it, but I lived that night. I made it through that night. I didn't die. I was about to die. My heart was about to blow up. I knew it. I'd never been that high before. I'd been doing drugs for a long time, but that night I got way too far out there and my heart began to pound and I could tell this is it, but I couldn't talk. But there was an intercessor that I didn't know it at the time. Somebody, somebody heard God tugging on their heart that night. Said, get up, get up. I need you, I need you to go to pray. Somebody's in trouble. Somebody's in danger. I need you right now to pray. And they begin to pray and call on Jesus. And I'm standing here this morning because somebody heard the will and voice of God and got up and prayed. I'm telling you, you better stay away from the world. He's not trying to just get you on addiction. He's trying to kill you. He's trying to kill your children. He don't want there to be any possibility of you making it. He don't want any possibility of you telling your story because your story, your testimony is it. The word of my testimony. You can stand 
What a God. I believe, I believe if some of you parents right now, or just some of you, period, could, could pull back the curtain and see what's coming, we wouldn't have to ask you to come to this altar. Or what I talk, talked about last time, about the possibility of, of people that's died and went before us, that it's like the rich man that's down there in hell. Hey, hey, go tell... You send somebody to my brothers. Don't don't come here. Don't come here. You better listen to that preacher. They're down there screaming right now. Listen to him. This ain't funny. You better listen because I'm getting ready to come back. I'm getting ready to be come back, and you better be ready. I, I, let me tell you something. I heard something this the other day. I was reading a book, and it's about a guy, a guy wrote a book about hell, and he and he and he told the story as he being there. Oh man. Let me, I've said before that you won't just slide into heaven, but I'm going to have to recant that statement. I'll take that back. According to the Bible, you will just slide into heaven. You will just make it because the Bible says, one verse of Scripture, and it's talking about hell, if thou ride out offend thee, if you look on a woman, man, that's pretty serious. So you think I shouldn't be fooling? You better not be. Because he's ended that verse with you are burning hell. I don't have nothing else. I don't know if he's going to grade us on the scale. I don't know. But you better make sure you've done everything that the word says. Get on that word. Delight in his ways. Delight in his word. Get ready because Jesus is coming and if you're not ready, he will burn you up. Read Noah. You don't think there was babies there? Little children screaming, drowning. What about Sodom and Gomorrah? You don't think, oh, he won't kill babies. He did. He He absolutely did. He burned them up. That's not good preaching. Well, I'm just preaching what the word tells you. You better get to God. You better get to Jesus. Quit playing because when this time's up, there, I believe we're all signed in when we go. And you better be ready because he's going to take you. Come on, why don't we gather around? Oh, God. Hallelujah. They're going to play and sing us a song. This is your moment. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.